Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, Aston Villa fans, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. These are coming thick and fast. Um, obviously, we've got Spurs in a couple of days' time. New Year's Day, to be precise. And uh, I think some of you may have seen <laughs> recently, I loaded up all our podcasts between now. All our, our slated podcasts between now and the 13th of uh, of January. And uh, I think it's safe to say that you'll be sick of us by the 13th of January. Because if any, that's not even with transfer transfer window news that will be coming in between. So it's going to be a busy period. But you know what? Wouldn't have it any other way. And uh, and, and and I certainly wouldn't. And um, I suppose with all these games and so on that are going on at this moment in time, it, it allows me to be a small bit jealous of certain people. And one of those is my co-host, Paddy, who is going to the Spurs match this weekend. So uh, I'm going to be... Um, to be delighted to chat to him about this game today, and I know Paddy that you're looking at. Um, you're actually you're you're going for a few days, aren't you? When are you yeah. going tomorrow? Heading off in the morning, yeah. So don't be too jealous until the match actually takes place and see what happens afterwards. Because how many times have you gone and, and, and gone? I'm glad I didn't go to that game. So, uh, yeah, reserve reserve judgment of jealousy until the game takes place. No, you see, Paddy, what you need to do is, and, and regular listens, listeners to the podcast is, you need to be one of those hazy moods whereby you're like, I'm thinking about not even going. I'm not looking forward to going. I'm thinking about because whenever that happens, we always go. We win. <laughs> I think was it the Brentford game? Was it when Darren yeah. Dank was over? <laughs> we were all down. We were three nil up after 15 minutes. So I think <laughs> even if you just want to fool the karma gods into thinking that you're uh, you're you're disappointed about having to go, well. <laughs> I'm I'm quietly optimistic that we can we can go and at least give them a rattle. 
that's that's all I want from from this weekend. If yeah. I I reckon if we go and, and rattle them early on, we'll have an opportunity to take something out of the game. So, it uh, anything anything is possible. I'm after watching a pretty poor game between Man City and uh, and Leeds there, and I, I I've I haven't watched everything because I've just. I, th- I think I'm overkill from the World Cup and everything else has gone on. So I've, I watched Villa, obviously, and didn't bother watching Arsenal then later on. Didn't bother watching football last night. It was just reserved it for tonight. Watched that game tonight. Pretty underwhelmed by, by the whole performance. Um, bad atmosphere as well. No, no crowd getting involved in the game. So it's the time of year for that. People were complaining about it on, on, on St. Stephen's Day as well, Boxing Day, that Villa Park wasn't great. It's a time where you have a lot of people who can't normally get, who normally get the matches that not, that can't normally go for family reasons and family occasions at this time of year. So you you don't know what you're going to get. So this is my second time going to Spurs, and I hope to see a better atmosphere than I did the last time because it was pretty poor. Was it? I I, I remember the last time you were there. It was an absolute sparkler of a day. I remember the sun was brilliant, and we got you in the stadium, and we hope to get you in the stadium again on Sunday again as well. Um, obviously, if I'm not mistaken, do they have that safe standing rail in front? In, they do. In, in, yeah, in, in the Spurs stadium for the NFL stuff, and you know there was some nice, cool little features that the stadium had, and obviously being the newest stadium in the in the Premier League, yeah, you know, it's a nice novelty to to go there, but. You mentioned there about the atmosphere. I can't remember what your what you mentioned about the atmosphere at the time, but um, yeah, it was well, it, it wasn't helped by the fact that we were particularly poor. Um, we lost we lost the game two one. Um, it was just after it was one of the first games we could go to after the yes. the lockdown where where the full stadium. Um, I think it was around the first of October in twenty twenty one. So, um. Just over a year ago, yeah, <laughs> feels like an eternity ago. But um, look, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be able to do trips like this. I'm, I'm eternally grateful that the hard work pays off to be able to go and watch Villa because that's that's doing what we love. So we're going for uh, the 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 two children are having their uh, Christmas present while we go away. So we've a, a special day for my daughter on Thursday, and then we've got. Uh, We've got the match on Sunday and we're going to see the fireworks on New Year's Eve. So trying to get everything all in together. So I'm looking forward to it now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, as I say, it's great to be able to bring the family with you and get them over there to a game as well. And and you've done some good indoctrination of your family as well to get them all (laughs) following Aston Villa. So uh, I have a lot to learn from that point of view as well. Um. But we, as you say, Aston Villa do play Spurs, and once again, I'm I, I see a man in the comments here, and I completely forgot to message him. For you guys may remember that we used to have a, f- a feature, and it hasn't got away. It's just my absolute stupidity is the reason that it hasn't been here. But Stato Corner is <laughs> is something that <laughs> I completely I've completely forgotten about since the World Cup. And uh, AVFC Stato is in the comments, and as as you guys know, it is um, a superb resource for statistics and for. Uh, for, for pieces and nuggets of information. And Stato has put up here as well that Aston Villa were undefeated in eight Premier League games on New Year's Day, winning five and drawing three prior to a 2-1 loss to last uh, last season to Manchester United. So it's one of our more favourable days, is what I'm taking yeah. from this, is our New Year's a, Day. A, t- a 2-1 loss to Manchester United where the referee went around the house to about seven different phases of play and yes. then gave a penalty for a, a block and... A block on the edge of the box was it Jacob Ramsey yeah. he gave it against? Yeah. yeah, remember it well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it's it's also AVFC Stato's birthday on New Year's it Day. Is. So happy That's birthday. Right. As well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you have to be, be a good luck charm. And you know what? I've got a statistic for you, AVFC Stato. Every year you've been alive, your birthday has been on New Year's Day. There you go. That's a statistic for you. Um, <laughs> uh, I just want to say thanks very much to Matt Hanlon. Thank you so much, sir. You're an absolute legend in the podcast. And Cheers, Matt. Points for podcasters and good karma. And good karma is exactly, um, you know, I think what this weekend, what we hope this weekend will bring, because uh, like Spurs still are, like it's not been a happy hunting ground. Obviously, we lost 2-1 the last time you were there on the 3rd of October. Um, we lost 4-0 last year in a really, it was a game where we peppered them in the second half, but literally every time Harry Kane got the ball, he could just do what he wanted with our two centre-halves. And I must say, I am going to be a small a bit nervous about that, that matchup again, because uh, it's the same centre-half pairing. We're playing. We have played a high line uh, under Una Emery so far, and and you know I'm just I'm a bit tentative with regards to that. Now saying that we do have a Boubacar Kamara in the team, and we do have a resurgent Douglas Luiz and 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 John McGinn, and you know we don't know who'd be on the other side yet. I would imagine it would still be um, Buendia, or maybe he does something different. He brings Dendonka in and pushes Douglas Luiz out and plays mm. Dendonka and, and Kamara in the middle. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> but we can't leave them the space because as we know. When Harry Kane has his way and is able to drag defenders around the place, he can just play it like Sasan, Kulisevsky, um, whoever he wants really in. And, and he's really good at that. And and, and obviously his customary penalty um, that he will he will get in the game as well. But but it's not been a happy hunting ground. We haven't beaten Spurs. Uh, oh God, I can't even remember. The last, I can't even find the last time that we've beaten them here. Um, I think that might be one for ABFC Stato. But in the last... Oh, sorry, we did. We beat them the 19th to the 5th in 2021. We beat them 2-1. Yeah, we beat uh, we beat them the, the just just yeah it was the um the Reggion got that unbelievable yeah. own goal if I remember rightly and That's then correct. uh Watkins was, I think scored as well. It was the day Carney hit the post, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was the day mm. he came on he came on the last minute and he hit the post. Um remember him is he still playing football? Don't know. I think there's a thirty for thirty on him <laughs> at some stage. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I think yeah, if I remember rightly, they had some like they. I think Harry Winks played that day. I think I think Gareth Bale might have even played that day. Um, for for Tottenham Hotspur. So both yeah. squads. Um, <clears throat> well, actually, I was going to say both squads have been overhauled, but they haven't because our lot of the team that we had that day would still be there. I think I'm actually going to put up the team here. So, or uh, actually, we have we have overhauled this team. So Target won't be there. Courtney House won't be there. Traore, Grealish, Ligazi, they were the three behind Watkins. None of them will be there, and the Camber won't be there as well. So, yeah, I was I was wrong in what I said. There's one, that's what, one, two, five, six. There's six of our starting 11 that day will be completely changed um, for this game. So, it's, uh, it's yeah, look, it's, as I say, it does show. And you probably don't, I, well, I certainly don't think um, that there's been that much of an overhaul, but that was only 2021, May 2021, which is only 18 months ago. You know, mm. so it is a it's it, it's an interesting situation, I suppose, we find ourselves in at the moment. Um, when we talk about an awful lot of that, you know, the players that we have are still the same players we had last year. Yes, but those players were only a lot of those players were only newly into the club last year as well. You know, and 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 we have new players in on top of those as well. So it's it's an interesting one. But Paddy, I like the obvious part for the the Villa are going to need to look at here is look, Conte ball may not be the most. How would I put it? It may not be the most flattering on the eye, but it's always made 
to to kind of catch you when you least expect it. And he did cop a small bit of flack before the break um, from his own, from the Spurs fans themselves. And, and, you know, there was a couple of people outside the Spurs house that were kind of talking about maybe, maybe do Spurs get rid of him and, and go for somebody like, do they get Poch back? Do they go for Zidane? I think I heard people talk about it at the time. Conte, the job that Conte has done, or the job, like, are we, have, have the greater footballing fraternity over-egged the pudding against the job he's done at Spurs, or, did, or, or has he really done a great job to come in and turn it around from the Nuno days and from the from the Mourinho days and all that? Well, I think I think the number one thing is he hasn't had enough time just yet to be judging yeah, like 100%. that. You know, there, there's there, there's guys on social media judging Nuno Emery already. You know, after a few games, and he and he and his competitive games have been quite good. What have we got? Six points from nine on on in his competitive games. So, like I. I at the time when when Spurs had a had a bit of a uh, let's call it a wobble, I think it was around October, and there was a lot of people calling call for him to be sacked as well. And I I just shook my head, like because the, he's obviously a very good manager. Um, they are a bit hit and miss, hundred percent, a little bit hit and miss. But I I think given time he'll be okay. I think I think he'll he'll keep them where they have been for the last four or five years in and knocking around those Champions League places. So. I don't know. I don't know whether they expect to do any more without spending any money. So, <laughs> you know, they, they, I I just I just don't see Levy opening his his checkbook, um, given the the amount of money spent on the stadium and and certain players since. So, um, they can't ask for too much. I th- I think they've just got to ride the storm of what's going on at the moment, and I think they will. Uh, they'll they'll hang in and around those Champions League places, which is probably the extent of what they'll get. I can't see them going pushing on to 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 compete for the league or anything like that. I could see them bringing in another centre half. Uh, I could see them bringing in another centre half and maybe push Eric. Uh, look, I've had Matt Hayes on the podcast, and I went trolling with with, or with Spurs fans a couple of. Years. Both this time last year about Eric Dyer showing the amount of games Eric Dyer has played for England and for Spurs and put him up there in comparison with the likes of Saul Campbell, just the be- the, the rest of the good defenders they've had, um, Andrew yeah. Viral, Vertonghen, and all those guys over the last 20 years. And Eric Dyer has outlast them all. Eric Dyer is in it for the long haul. And you know, you when you think he's down and when you think he's out, all of a sudden he's starting centre half again. I, I think they could go and they could get somebody that could come in and play there because you know they before the break they were actually playing as a back three of of well Romero was out at the time, but they were playing a back a back three of Dyer, Langley, and and Ben Davis, and they were playing Sessegnon wide left. Now obviously Romero is to come in there, but. I'd imagine if they could get an upgrade at centre half, that that's that, that's where they would look or look at. But uh, they've gone and they've spent money, as you said. Benton Coor is somebody who everybody knows. I really wanted at Aston Villa. He's excelling in this in in, in the team for Spurs. And um, they went and signed Yves Basuma, who a lot of players wanted as well. Got him a cup price deal. Didn't have an awful lot of playing time before the break, but I would imagine he'd be more integrated now. Pierre Mia Heiberg is somebody who really anchors down that midfield there as well. So they've got some really top class players. But what I'm going to get at here, Paddy, is that they can have all the top class players that they that they want. If we create chances, we better take them. And that was kind of the story of of the game against Liverpool. And I'm going to keep on saying it. We're going into this game, and people we're going to go into this game. We're going to be underdogs, and we're going to be punching up again. 
And but what I'm going to say is that, you know, it, it I'll be upset again, and, and like I'll be upset again if we have an opportunity to win this and we just let it roll down our leg because, like, they, we're we're getting to the cusp, and there's only so many times that moral victories will 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 become a, a you know a, a stable point. And I know people are going to say, "What do you mean? It was only one game against Liverpool?" But I genuinely thought we could have got something out of Liverpool. I genuinely did, and as the game progressed, I genuinely thought we could have got it. Got something out of Liverpool and we didn't take our chances and we, we let some silly goals in. And I just really hope that we don't see that against Spurs. I'm looking for a tighter performance. I'd gladly take a nil all draw on Sunday. I'd take a drab nil all draw whereby we just we, we park the bus and we do everything right. Um and I'd take that uh, at the weekend. Now, obviously, Paddy, you're going to tell me you want a five-four thriller whereby we come out with the come out uh at the right end of a five-four win. But <laughs> You know, like, well, that, like... that, that would be nice <laughs> because uh, I tell you, for anyone that doesn't know me, I, I love going to to see what different grounds have to offer. And this one, while it absolutely blew me away when it was empty, the minute fans came in, it came very, very, very quiet, which was incredible. So I would like to see an exciting game. I would like to see an exciting atmosphere. And and to maybe set the tone for the rest of the year that we you know we we head into a bunch of games that we would hope to take points from, so it, I I like I know we've said a number of times this is a free hit. There's a whole lot more to be worried about following the Liverpool game with our with our back four that I'm worried about, especially that high 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 line that we're playing. I I just think if you if you put Harry Kane in that position that Darwin Nunes was over the top. That ball will just be nestled in the bottom corner every day of the week. If that if that's Youngman's son running onto a ball over over the top, there's nobody catching him. So it's a completely different ball game here. But I do think they have a soft center. I watched them against Brentford the other day. I thought they were average. Yeah. I thought they looked like they were suffering from a World Cup hangover. I was actually sorry we weren't playing them that day instead of New Year's Day. But uh, look, I, I think it's I think it's going to be a funny few weeks until everybody settles back down again normally after a world cup players are four five six weeks off they're not they've, they're not getting that like you see emmy martinez is going to be back training this week mm. i don't know whether he'll even be in the squad but he'll be back training but you know they they, they have their players missing Lloris was missing strangely on the bench i thought if he was good enough to be on the bench he should have been on the pitch um and then i've forgotten the guy's name from uh Argentina that they had Romero Romero missing as well so um, and then you've got players who come back who are disappointed as well the likes of Harry Kane and those would have been mm. pretty disappointed to go out the stage they were at so there's a lot going on here and I think I think until we probably see that weekend that we play Leeds when the FA Cup is done and dusted then we'll start to see things settle back down again yeah I think so too and you made a great point there Paddy and also tying it into what you said about today's game against Le- Leeds and, and Man City, even our game against Liverpool, uh, games have been a bit weird since 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 we've come back as teams are beginning to feel, find to feel their way back into it. Look, some of the results haven't been because the results have gone to a plan, like Man City winning tonight, uh, United winning, um, Liverpool beating us, you know, so from, from the book, bookies' form book, they've gone, they've gone to plan anyway, not, not, not our plan. Um, but as I said, there's been some weird passages of play whereby teams have gotten the upper hand on the other team. Like today, 
Leeds <coughs> Leeds had a, had a proper patch today. That Woody Nanto was playing really well against against City. They held them for the first um for for a good period in the first half, and then Ireland Haaland obviously just kicked into gear. Same against Aston. Same with Aston Villa. We didn't get a hole in the at, at the start of the game. We conceded early in the first half. We conceded late in the first half, and then when we came out in the second half, we came out like our hair was on fire because we needed to mm. play. That is encouraging, and uh, I, I I do think that that uh, Unai Emery will take a lot of heart from the second half that we played um, against uh, against Liverpool, albeit that we were open as all hell and at the back, and you know a, a ball into the channel. Ashley Young's channel was was easily chased down by the likes of Darwin Nunes and Salah a couple of times. I think that we're going to have to really be on our toes with regards to that because it was very very blatant. You know that 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 that's what was going to happen at, at times, and that was our out ball in the second half. So um, maybe we see Maddie Cash come back in there, like you mentioned, Paddy. Maddie Cash has come back from the World Cup. He was on the bench. Larice was on the bench. I know one's a goalkeeper, one's a right back, but Ashley Young obviously has been playing really well prior to the World Cup. Maybe he just kept Maddie Cash out because he was in better form than him. But we, we'll, I suppose, we'll see and we'll know for the team sheet tantrum at the weekend. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting one because I think we could see one or two changes. Maybe Buendia does get another start in that in that wide left role. Uh, maybe he changes it up a small bit. Maybe he only plays one up top. Maybe, uh, who knows? Who knows? Because we're still in the feeling out uh, period of Unai Emery. We're still in the feeling out period. He's played the 4-2-2-2 uh, in, in all these competitive games so far. But And that is his favourite formation. But he has been known to change it up uh, based on personnel and who they're playing as well. So uh, hopefully that uh, that we will see, not hopefully that we'll see him change it up, but hopefully he comes up with the right Mixture for the for this weekend, um, Paddy. One other little piece I wanted to ask you on, uh, as well is, and I don't think we discussed it. Well, we didn't because I didn't have you on the post match uh, review. Unai Emery's substitutions, or lack thereof, or timing of them. Do you read anything into that from the from the point of view of those substitutions? I, I personally just think that <sighs> we were getting a, a, a an, an upper hand and and then they scored the third goal and then and then he made the substitutions just basically to take people off because they were running to the ground at that stage. But mm. what, what what do you think about those subs? Um well I, I agree with you in, in, <clears throat> in the sense that if, if he was gonna if he was gonna change it up and then we come out firing after half time, I thought I thought for for a period there we were fairly unplayable and you know we were we were only a break of a ball from that getting going again and and I'm, I'm sure he saw there was an ability there to to go and get at them and break them down and we had many chances so for that reason he probably chose not to um if you're going to read into it deeper he doesn't think the lads on the bench will do the job that he wants them to do, so he's left them where they are. You know, there's loads of ways of looking at it, um, and we, I absolutely lambasted Gerard so many times for leaving the substitutes too late. I didn't think they were required against Liverpool. I thought we were okay. Um, I, I think on any other day against any other opposition, that game could have been four or five all. You just don't know what 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 would have happened. Um, you know, some of those chances the 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 McGinn one falls to Jacob Ramsey if he's fit. The Watkins one falls to Danny Ings. That that's three each already. They had their chances, as I said. That Darwin Nunez that mm. falls to a a Jota if he's fit. That's a goal. You know, all all of these things put together. Um, but 
I, I, I believe he didn't make the substitutions because he felt there was an opportunity there to get at them. And even though we drifted a bit, we came back into it then for a few minutes and we drifted again. I think he realised at that stage that maybe we freshened up a little more and see if we can get another goal. Yeah, I, I um, and, and I kind of tend to believe the same thing. At the time and in the moment, I was kind of thinking about 60, 65 minutes, I was thinking, right, it's probably time to haul McGinn, haul uh, Buendia, just because of the work that they'd done, maybe take out Bailey, bring in Ings, and maybe, uh, but then again, I was kind of like, I was looking at who we had on the bench, I was like, who do we put in? Do we bring Ashley Young? Do we put Ashley Young up there? Do we put Cash in, in and solidify that right-hand side? Maybe move Ashley Young for the forward. Um, maybe bring in the Donker, move Luis to the left-hand side and have the Donker. So I think when he, what he had in the bench, he was limited from what he could do from that point of view. But um, I, I, genu- I think that he thought that if we got the second goal, he was going to load off the bench. He was going to bring everybody off the bench and park that bus for a 2-2 draw. And I would have been absolutely delighted with that. And I think every fan would have come out of the stadium going, yes, that was great, a great battling back per- performance, mm. and as we absolutely should have. But that third goal was a killer. And I think then at that stage, then it was a case of look, throw, throw the guys on with whatever. There was only five minutes to go, I think, for some of the substitutions there. But I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, I, I thought we were well in the game and, and yeah. had enough on the field to score that second goal. Albeit, I thought that maybe one or two players were a bit leggy. Um, mm. I still think that they were they were still performing in 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 the in the forward position. So was, and and uh, you you got to you got to remember too that um be be it that he's only had what true that was his third competitive game is that correct yeah uh, fourth if you count the league cup game so he's a he's a lot of learning to do about these players so to leave yeah. to leave the likes of Watkins to leave the likes of Bailey on for that length of time uh, Buendia especially. Um, gives them a good indication of what they have in the tank. Um, I thought Bailey ran out of puff. I thought Watkins was industrious, but no end product as usual, unfortunately. Um, I'd love to see that come together because obviously the guy really wants it and really works hard at his game. But you can't you can't teach a guy to put the ball in the back of the net, unfortunately. I and don't the, think the two times he did put it in the back of the net were two super finishes. Uh, yeah, the, only like, I, the only one I you can teach you can teach a guy to be, not to be offside. Like that's uh, he was. <laughs> it's very he, he frustrating. Was, he was less than a foot offside for that one. I think there's nobody in the world knows they're offside in that instance. And he made the run through. But well, he stuck as, as a striker, you watch you watch the man that you can see in your vision. You you try and stay the right side of him. He didn't. And, that, his foot, that, he's Paddy. Yeah. His foot was his foot was what was offside. It wasn't his body at all. Anyway, listen, we can get into the Watkins yeah. situation all day long, and we normally do. No, <laughs> and, and in, in this that wasn't the point I was getting at either. But <laughs> oh, know, I know, I know, I know. It, it's uh, in fairness to him, I thought he had a good game. I, 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 other than the finishing, which is unfortunately what we bloody needed. Yeah, I, <laughs> other than I, the finishing, I, I, I'm I, not. I'm the, not going to. Uh, header, I, I expected him to score. Um, I think that's really one that he'd like yeah. to have back. Well, like I asked the question to the guy in the pub with me because I watched the match in the pub. Could those two chances, the Watkins header and the McGinn header, could they have got, been gone out with their feet? Yeah. Would that have been a better option? I don't know. But that, that was just how I felt about it. If I was if I was attacking that Watkins one, it might have been with a volley. And the McGinn one, I probably would have let it drop and hit it with my feet. Are, as you, well. are you thinking of Jimmy Quinn versus Ireland, Northern Ireland versus Ireland, scissor kick volley? 
kind yeah, of situation. Like Is that. that what you're thinking in there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Albeit, I hate that goal because it was against the Republic of Ireland, uh, but it was some finish. <laughs> A scissor kick at the back post. The Canio style, maybe for some younger younger. Uh, viewers, I may be older <laughs> viewers. Jesus, I don't know. The Canio is no is no oil painting anyway at this stage. But um, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, the McGinn one, I think, I think certainly just caught him unawares. And uh, yeah, I think. Uh, but I'll put it this way: I think Jacob Ramsey's on the end of that McGinn situation. I think it's a goal. I think if Jacob Ramsey's on the end of both the Bailey situations, it's a goal. Yeah. Um, and and that's and that's a good point. That is a very very positive point that we created those chances. Um, albeit we our two centre halves, our back four in general, all our back four need to be know where runners are coming from. Uh, we will have tons of runners coming in this game, whether it be San, whether it be Kulisevsky, whether it be Perisic, um, yeah. whether it be late run from Bentancur. You know, we're, we're going to have tons of runners in this game, and there needs to be serious communication. And, and two of the three goals that, that were scored against us at the weekend were uh, were due to the non-existent communication specifically the first one i know it was a beautiful cross but sadly literally just waltzes in moonwalks in between two defenders and look that's uh that that i think is frustrating um but it can be fixed a couple of things here as well avfc status says the three goals in the last five premier league games between aston villa and spurs three own goals should i say have been scored aldevira target and region um, Stato also says that Harry Kane and Son both have unreal records against Aston Villa. No active player has scored more Premier League goals against Villa than Kane. It, it feels like he scored nearly all his goals against us as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Kua says, uh, Vinny says, well, how's the boys? Corinthians were 33 to 1 yesterday for, uh, to sign Philippe Coutinho. I had a fiver bet on and they're down to 5 to 1 today. With the wages gone, we could probably bring in some lads. I think this is gathering a bit of steam and actually pretty sunny about an hour ago I seemed to allude to it as well that it's, it's building a lot of steam in Brazil. Maybe one to watch, albeit he came off the bench this weekend. I think it'll be up to the team, up to Philippe Coutinho if he wants to leave, number one. And second of all, if the teams in Brazil can cough up and pony up the dash, um, I think that uh, that's what it's going to come down to here. But uh, maybe one to watch. What do you think, Paddy? Yeah, we we've had this discussion before. I th- I think for for all parties, I think it would be a good move if he, if he got out of there. Um, yes, we have seen him in fits and starts, but just hasn't been up to it for me. I think if we could get him off the wage bill, I think it would be important to us. He, I wouldn't even be bothered about recouping what we paid for him. Oh no, I just no way. I just think the most important thing is to get those astronomical um wages off off the spreadsheet and. You know, we we could probably be paying three or four players for what we're paying him. Three or four good players for what we're yeah. paying him. We can only pay three carnies for what we're paying him, Paddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I and look, anybody who knows the podcast and knows me as well, um, transfer and, uh, fees, transfer fees look, at the it, level of like into another twenty million. It, it's 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 gone. It it means yeah. nothing to the club's balance sheet. Absolutely nothing. And don't don't Wages get me wrong. Wages Don't get me wrong player. when when I say it'd be great to have him. It would be equally as great to have the Philip Coutinho of Liverpool days yeah. pulling the strings in there. Happy days. I would be over the moon and I would gladly have him there. Um, he's been really good for the profile of the club. If he, was, if he was to come good again in this system, I'd be absolutely delighted. Absolutely. I think so too. Um, ba- ba- boom. Uh, yeah, this is a good point from John Steele as well. Like to see what Coutinho can do under an actual coach. Coutinho does respond to coaching. You know, when when he moved to live when he moved to 
to Barcelona. I'm trying to think who was the coach of Barcelona when he moved. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jeez. <laughs> was, it Louis, was it Luis Enrique just before he... Oh, geez, um, I, but, I yeah. Like a lot of the play, like he would have been under your man, the guy Gerardo Martinez, is it? Um, yeah. He would have been under uh, the other guy that came from Bilbao. Like, I, what I'm trying to say I, is, I, I've lost track completely of, yes, of, the, of those managers, you know. Um, like, I, I could have nearly told you back in the day to the day when when a Barcelona manager left. Yeah. But in the yeah. last few years, it's just been nothing but the shit show and upheaval all over the place. So, yeah, it, it must have been Enrique. That's, that's, that's the, the logical I, I, one for I think, yeah. I think it must have been Luis Enrique. And, and when what I'm trying to get at here is that he didn't stick around too much longer because uh, I think he left, didn't he, when his daughter uh, took poorly and, and, and then they've had a kind of a carousel since there. Tata mm-hmm. Martin. Um, I think is what they used to call Gerardo Martinez and then the guy from uh, from Bilbao. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at here is that consistent turnover of managers and, I, and and I'm not going to call them average managers because you know they're they're professional managers in their own right, but none of them would be up to the mark of Unai Emery. And 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 that is true, I think, John, that Coutinho, if Coutinho is ever going to respond to good coaching, he's going to respond to coaching under Unai Emery. But then again, he's 30, 30, going on 31. Maybe he doesn't want to put in the hard yards up and down the hills and the old school fitness training that comes with it. Maybe he wants to be back in the Copacabana. Maybe he wants to be back in uh, in in, uh, in Brazil. And, uh, you know, um, and for all the football that he's played and what he's done in his career, you know, he's he's that could be the way he's thinking as well. So, um it's an interesting one for sure. It really is an interesting one for sure. Um, another one here is: uh, Do you think it'll be Watkins and Bailey, or will it be Ings, Watkins and Bailey? Do you think before I be- before I answer that question, I have to ask Gary Howlett. Gary, are you the guy that played for Shelbourne back in the day? Because our past this already. I, I probably did, but I can't remember. But it, you've been did, playing in my mind. Was he the Birmingham manager? That, not Gary Rowett, no. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was Gary Rowett, yeah, because I, that's why I remember it. Yeah. Oh, you, I, I don't know what it's going to be. I think it'll be Bailey and a another, as we say in our programs here in Ireland. Yeah. Um, I think I think Watkins probably did enough to deserve a start, but won't, won't deserve a finish if he can't put the ball in the back of the net. Now, he has, he has scored against Spurs previously and... You know, he scored a few goals. I just, I just wreck re- my brain that Danny Ings can score four and four and and then be dropped is 
you know, mind boggling. We need goals. We need we need goals to come from somewhere. And when you when you've got a goal scorer on the bench, he's got to be in there somehow. So if that's at Bailey's expense, I don't know. There's goals in Bailey's too. In Bailey too, obviously. So it'll be it'll be an interesting team sheet to see what he puts out. Um, and and an important one too. And I hope. But I'm I'm losing a little bit of faith that it'll be Emmy Martinez and Coles. I would pref- I'd prefer if it was. He's he's on a plane. On a plane. No, he's on a plane at the moment. I know, but is is it going to be enough? Yeah. Is it going to be enough time to get him on the pitch? I would hope so. How do you live? You live Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sure, Hugo Lloris only had to get on the the, the Euro tunnel and, <laughs> and come back, and he didn't play at the weekend. You know, so I don't know. I'm a guy who didn't train during the week and he played at the weekend as well. So, you know, there are, there are these modern miracles of... Uh, mm. um, no, no, and our look, Demi, will have got sepsis in his, t- in his tattoo in his leg or something and oh, he'll be geez. out for seven or eight weeks now or some shite like that. We'll <laughs> see. With. That is what happens at Aston Villa Football Club. But uh, we, we shall see. And there's a, another comment here as well from Michael Huggins. And I know, Michael, you've put this in a couple of times and that's why I wanted to I wanted to bring it up here. As Michael has asked, why do we see you both at Villa Park next year? Um, I had an audacious plan to go to every home game after Christmas, but uh, life is very much uh, changing for me uh, at the moment in a lot of good ways. Uh, so um, I've had to curtail that, but I will definitely be over before the end of the season and I'm scouting out early March, early to mid-March, potentially Paddy's day or the, the Paddy's weekend fixture against Bournemouth. I'm potentially thinking about that one uh, or the early uh, early March fixture against Leicester. Um, and then, of course, there is the there is a, a late match fixture against against Fulham. So I'm thinking of one of those three games. Um, but uh, one, the Fulham game is a Friday night game. I'd love to go to a Friday night lights game because um, I haven't been there in a while. So yes, is the answer when I don't know. Uh, I would have been able to tell you I'd be over there quite a lot after Christmas uh, about six weeks ago. But now uh, my uh, my next year is very much not my own. So. I presume he is yeah. asking the question: Will we see both of us together at the match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, that's what he's asking. That's what he's asking. Yeah. Put it this way, Paddy: I'm telling you when I'm thinking of going over. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm going to the Arsenal game, and I've, uh, yes. yeah. I've been, um, I've been waiting on Neil to to answer the question of when he's going before I book the next one because I've, I've obviously got to be careful with my weekends away as well. So, um. We'll, we'll work something out, I'd say. We definitely will. Yeah, we definitely will for sure. Um, right. Uh, no, Paddy, I'm the other Gary Howlett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. you're. So you're the second one in the phone book, not the first one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I, I obviously crossed paths with the other Gary Howlett, and I don't remember him ever being a Villa fan, but... He could he could have been a sports fan in here storing shit, but I know Gary has been here many times, so I just said I'd ask the question. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, guys and girls, thank you so much. It's half past it's twenty to twenty to eleven, and uh, it's a Wednesday for those of you who are in that mid Christmas and New Year's what day it is. not knowing what day it is. It is Wednesday. Yes, yeah. Usually when when I when I was afforded the time of having all this time off over Christmas, but now I work most of the times over Christmas. What I used to do is used to write. I get up in the morning, I'd write what day it was on my hand, um, just so that I knew what day it was when I went to the pub. That was really what it was. But uh, uh, so that's a top tip for you guys: write it and then put a bit of sellotape over it so it doesn't wash off during the course of the day, or a bit of nail varnish. Um, that can do it as well. Uh, so, Chris, Christopher, 
for getting the day right. For, for, for getting the day right. Is it? Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, John, I, I, Paddy's right. Arbital are playing in Limerick on March the 16th. Paddy, we were trying to blag tickets to Arbital on March the 16th and then geez. make our way to Shannon then the day afterwards to fly over to Birmingham. That's what we might do. Oh, Worked oh, last time. That, that, that sounds like it could be a mad weekend. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, well, listen, we're going to leave it at that, guys and girls. Thank you so much for, for jumping on tonight. Really appreciate it. Um, if you do like the podcast, give us a thumbs up. If you do, if it's your first time checking in and watching, please subscribe to the podcast as well. And we will be back on Sunday with a team sheet tantrum and a post match after the game as well. Um, so thanks so much, everybody. I hope you have a great rest of your week and uh, we will chat to you later on. If there's any transfer news or anything pops up over the next few days, I'll probably jump on as well. So be prepared. Uh, hit the little bell button for notifications if you do like our dulcet tones um, and anything pops up in the meantime. But uh, thanks so much, everybody, for watching. Here's hoping that Aston Villa can do the business against Spurs on New Year's Day. But until then, stay safe, stay healthy. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network.